Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you've joined us. Well, hey, good evening. Welcome. We are excited and glad that you're here for the best night of the week. We believe that because prayer changes things, and that's why we gather at our prayer and worship service every Wednesday during our midweek. Well, in 1940, the uh, Allied troops were backs were against the coastline in Dunkirk. Over 500,000 British and French troops were there and awaiting a brutal coming from Nazi Germany and the, the troops that were engaging or about to engage. See, there was supposed to be a rescue mission there and it never took place. And so they didn't know what to do and they feared for the worst. On May 23rd, uh, news outlets, King George, nation upon nation, radios, and uh, uh, newspapers, they all declared and called for a national global day of prayer. So following on May 26th is known as Dark Sunday, where people all throughout the world gathered together to pray. There's pictures that you can see through history when you look at it. They didn't know what to do. They prayed over these 500,000 individuals whose lives were in desperate need of saving. A little bit later throughout that week, for some whatever reason, no one knows. Historians try to discover, they try to theorize Hitler and Nazi Germany ceased movement, giving the Allied troops able time to escape a brutality that we wouldn't have seen like ever before. This is what scholars and historians call a prayer that changed the world, a prayer that changed history. Church, tonight we gather together because we believe that prayer changes things, that prayer can change history, that prayer can change so much of what we do not see. Now, we want to come to this understanding that when it comes to prayer, you and I both, if we are the church, then we got to believe, we have to lean in to the value and the potential of that power in prayer. I want to ask you a question. How many of you want to see God unleash his power in your life like, like never before? I think we'd all agree if we're watching online or here in this place, and that starts with prayer. But before we dive into what prayer is, uh, what we'll be discussing tonight, let's talk real quick about what it is not. First, prayer is not empty words. Prayer is not empty words. The Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. He says, pray without ceasing. Now you and I know we can't talk continuously and go, go, go. We can't just ramble and, and go through it, but it starts with the heart. It's this posture, it's this attitude that I'm going to pray and I'm going to have a dependence, this heart that leans in to who God is and I'm going to call on his name. That's what Paul means when he says, pray without ceasing to the Thessalonica church. He says, you pray, you have that heart that is in complete dependence and obedience to who God is. Prayer is not just empty words where we babble. Even Jesus talks about, do not be like the pagans who babble. Prayer is also not complacent. Prayer is not lackadaisical and prayer is not aimless. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in thanks." 
giving, being watchful in thanksgiving. He's talking about the coming of Jesus in a way like the world would never even see or even imagine. That when you pray, you're not sitting there and just kind of going through the motions, but there's a target, you're going for it, you're believing in it, and you know that God's going to deliver when you pray. It's this alertness, it's this readiness that Paul is coaching here. So prayer, what is it? What prayer is? Let me give you three words tonight. First, prayer is work. Prayer is work. Prayer is duty and discipline. A lot of times in our prayer life, we just expect it to naturally flow. We just expect it to be this this idea, this moment, this action. When we show to church, we'll pray. When it's convenient, we'll pray. But if you want prayer to be unleashed in your life, if you want God to move in a way you can't even imagine, then we have to come to this mentality that it's going to take work. The great theologian Peter T. Forsyth, he says this, a Scottish theologian, he says this, the worst sin is prayerlessness. The worst sin is prayerlessness. He says a lot of times, Christians, they can keep moral standards, they can say they love Jesus, they can go to church, but they just don't pray. Martin Luther, the great church reformer, he says this, as it is for a business of tailors to make clothes and cobblers to mend shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. Martin Luther says this. When we look at the last moments of Jesus' life, there's some pivotal words that he says in Matthew chapter 26 when he's leaning into his final moments and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he takes his closest friends and his closest friends, they fall asleep. But Jesus is praying and he's praying, Lord, let this cup pass. He's praying in a time he doesn't want to pray. He's praying because it's all he knows what to do. He's praying in a moment of angst, anxiety, of, uh, of nervousness. Jesus prays when it wasn't the most convenient. And we continue on the last moments in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. It says this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He's praying for the people that are persecuting him, that whipped him, that beat him. He prayed it took work. I don't know about you, but one of the most challenging things that you can be faced with is praying for people that hurt you, praying for people that you don't want to. Jesus' final actions, he prayed. And then Luke 23, verse 46, his last words, then Jesus calling out in a loud voice, scripture says, different versions of the Bible say, a powerful voice, an authoritative voice says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He prayed. He knew it took work. He modeled that for us. When we're entering into the realm of prayer, we're saying it is bootstraps, not flip-flops. We're saying it's work gloves, not mittens. It's prayer is work. The Apostle Paul in Romans 15, 30, he continues and he speaks to this church and he goes, dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by what? Praying to God for me. It takes work. This means when we pray, we have to know we're, we're stepping into a spiritual realm, into a realm where the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy our joy, our hope. 
where we hear a missionary tonight who's going into a secular environment that is over half the nation that wants nothing to do with the greatest news, the good gospel of Jesus Christ, and he's stepping into a territory where prayer is going to see him through. So church, I want to encourage you, we need to be praying. It's going to take work. Timothy Keller, a great pastor, Presbyterian church in New York, he says this prayer is always hard work and often in agony. See, when we understand that prayer takes work, that means we can prepare ourselves for the next day to come. That means when we need to wake up early, we're like, hey, we got to work, we got to pray, because it's this readiness, it's this alertness, it's this let's get it done, let's trust God, let's lean into God and who he is in our life and know that he's going to reign forth and reign through. Number two for us tonight is prayer is communication. Prayer is communication. Aristotle, the Greek philosopher that you're all familiar with, who's given us different theories and spoken to culture many times and looks back and basically is one of the most known men in history books. He says this, it is, unli- it is not logical to think of anybody to have an intimate relationship with God. Aristotle, as smart as he was, as great as he was, he missed Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. When God is in the garden, he's looking for Adam and Eve, and he comes along in the past and says, to walk with. One of the greatest gifts that God gives his creation is this understanding that he wants to communicate with us. From the very inception of all creation, one of the gifts that he wants to give us is the ability to communicate. We see this theme, we see this thread throughout Scripture. We see when Jesus becomes the great bridge, the mediator between man and God, when he gives himself on the cross. Hebrews says this in 4, 14 and 16, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. See this theme of communication from Genesis to the story of Jesus, that it is about communication, that God wants to engage in a way of communicating with us so that we can live by his spirit, we can be led by his spirit so he can show up in our lives and do things we can't even imagine. And we say, God, you want to communicate with us, we can trust you and you're going to lead us and take us to the right places when we don't know where to go. When we don't know what door to open, you're communicating in certain and in different aspects of life for us to receive. That's what prayer is. It's communication. Throughout history, there's been two arguments or two sides of this communication. One comes from the Puritans, where the Puritans believe that everything from the word, that God commutes directly from his word. And I would agree. But on the other side, there's this Quakers, and there was a 17th century debate where they went back and forth, and the Quakers believe that not only is God's word inspired and directional, but also that God can impress and impose his plan and his communication on your heart. 
I believe that's true, a, a little bit of mix of both. Not only does God's word inspiring and lead us and directs us, but God's word also can move in our ways and God can communicate in our hearts through our gifts, through our talents, through our skills, through his word. God wants to communicate with us. When we pray, when we're saying, God, we're coming to you in this moment of prayer, communicate to us. What are we passionate about? What are we seeking? What are we seeing unfold before us? God, what are you illuminating from your word into our lives that we can grasp it, that we can attain it, and say, now I know what to do? Church, I think a lot of times we get in this mix of we try to make the decision for saying, hey, God, let me communicate with you. God, communicate with me. How are you leading me? God, how are you leading my marriage? How are you revealing items to me that I need to understand? God, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, and now communicate to me. It's this persistence, it's this perseverance in our prayer life. What is prayer? Prayer is this, number three for us as we get ready to close, is this, it's balanced interaction. It's balanced interaction. I was watching this Instagram reel. Uh, it's a short video for those of you who might not be familiar with what Instagram is. And this man is sitting next, this Christian comedian, he's sitting next to his friend, and he goes, and he's recording it on his iPhone, and he pulls out, he goes, you must think I'm God. And his friend looks at him all puzzled, and he's like, huh? And he goes, yeah, because the only time you talk to me is when you need something. And in other words, sometimes in our prayer life is very similar to that. The only time we interact with God is saying, God, I am going through something. I need your help. Move in my life in a way I can't even imagine. And we always come and we knock on the door and we knock, 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 knock. And I need help. I need help. I need help. When God's saying there's other ways we can interact with them. It's not about just going to the genie in the bottle and rubbing it in and hopefully our prayers get answered. In fact, Jesus teaches us about four different interactions in his universal prayer. He says this in Matthew 6, verses 9 and 13. It's in your notes. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. One interaction is praise. We sing that song today. Praise, praise, praise. David, the, the greatest king who's mentioned so many times in scripture, he wrote psalms and he praised the Lord. Moments in our life, we need to step out of our house and say, God, I'm just going to praise you today for the goodness of where you brought me from. Uh, this past week, I, I wake up pretty early in the morning and the, the sun's still down and I see the stars and I'm just looking like, man, God, I just praise you for your glory, the, the majesty. I want to encourage you, church, in your interactions and when you're praying, are your interactions balanced or are you just turn into God when you need something then your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread it's this petition for our needs there's this place that you have a need pastor Steve got up here and he prayed and there's so many hurting people in our church family right now from sickness and hurt and pain to loss of loved ones there's needs we need to pray for those needs. And then forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. There's this idea of confession and then there's also this interaction of thanksgiving. God, I confess that I make mistakes. God, I confess that there's some things going on in my life that I need you to intervene in. 
It's this interaction of confession and then there's this interaction of thanksgiving that things could always be worse, that things could always be different and there's this, this interaction that maybe the journey that you're on, the end of your race isn't actually dialing in like you expected it to be. But if you look back at your life, you have a lot to be thankful for. Church, I want to encourage you when it comes to what prayer is, it's, it's work. I want to encourage you, work at it. When we work at it, God reigns through. When we communicate and allow him to communicate to us, God reigns through. And then it's a balanced interaction. It's not, hey God, I just need you for this to help me. I was reminded this week listening to a local pastor. He says this, a lot of times we look at faith in this capacity. We want faith to deliver us from something. But many times, faith is to get us through something. Part of that faith that we need to possess is prayer. So tonight as we close and we wrap up, I just want to encourage you that this is a praying church. You have pastors that pray for you. In your prayer life, pray in a way with with a work ethic where you're saying, I'm putting my bootstraps up and Satan, you better watch out. Pray in a way where you're gonna say, God, I want you to communicate the, the most hard truths that you need to communicate. Use your word, put impose on my heart. Or maybe you also need to say, hey, maybe I just need to quit asking God for everything I need and maybe I need to start giving him praise through my interactions. So we're gonna close tonight in prayer in a time of reflection and song like we normally do on Wednesday nights. And uh, church, pray in a way, pray in a way that's offensive that's saying, hey, hell, you better be on the defense because we're coming. If we need anything more than ever this day and age, in this time, in this season of unknown, it is prayer and it is a church that values prayer and it is people of prayer 24-7, 365. Let's pray together as we close. Lord, right now we give you this time we worship you, we seek you, and we are encouraged by your words this evening. Prayer for some, God, for some of us, prayer is something that maybe we've taken lighthearted and, and kind of just kind of danced around. But tonight, God, I am praying that you give them a passion to work. Lord, I'm praying that you communicate to us. And God, right now, I'm praying that you also help us to interact in a way that we haven't before. So encourage this body tonight. Encourage us as we move forth through the rest of our week. And in your great name, we all say, amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.